Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us again this afternoon, a little bit later on. Did you realise that where you live has a lot to do with how well you age? We're going to talk about it on the show today. Etna Shortall's in the house, third book, and it's a smash already. I'm looking forward to meeting her again. Mike McCarthy and Paul Carroll are here, funky fashion frolics, and they have a big event coming up next week. And they're going to talk about autumn, winter fashion, ladies, so stay with us. But my first guest today has had a lifelong interest in art. However, he parked his talent for 20 years as life took him in a different direction. Fate and a sudden health diagnosis as he turned 40 brought Sean Purcell back to art and it to him. And boy, is he making waves now with his talent. Sean, you're very welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Lovely to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. You know somebody who's as talented as you and I just want to tell listeners if you're at a computer you have your smartphone beside you there check this out seanpurcellart.com that's P-U-R-C-E-L-L seanpurcellart.com and you'll see what we're going to be talking about for the next while but here's the thing you know I mentioned you had this talent all your life what were you like as a kid at home and in school were you really into art? Yeah I, w- I would have been always kind of from a young age kind of doodling and doing little kind of caricatures and things like that um, even, you know, through school and that and probably drove the teachers to mentors and got a clip around the ear every now and again for drawing when I should have been listening. So, But you had that talent. That talent is within you and you love to do it. Love to do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gave it up for, I gave it up for a, long, a long time. Just kind of life t- kind of took me in a different direction through work and buying a house and things like that. But uh, um, no, it's something I've always loved doing. Yeah, yeah. And that life took you in the direction of sales. You can sell a thing or two, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I probably can. I uh, hope I can sell myself now at the moment. Uh, but, uh, you will no bother. <laughs> but you started in a telesales role. Yes, yeah. I would have started off in college. I, I was offered um, telesales, which, yeah, as you probably appreciate, is one of the hardest sales areas to go into. Um, so I, I would have got a lot of grounding there, but it, it was qu- quite quite tough. Um, mm. And I suppose kind of jumping in at the deep end. So... And then it kind of took me into sales in another area. So, mm. so you moved then. You may tell them you were a car salesman. Were you yeah, with Joe Norris. For I years? worked with yeah. I worked with Joe Norris and Avon. Uh, that actually would have been. I started off with Joe Norris Motors. Um, 
Bill Cullen at the time recruited to gone. He he started up a, um, an academy uh, actually in his house in Kildare, and he took on a. I think it was 12 or 14 people at the time to train them up to to um, be salespeople. So then I got placed uh, with Joan Norris Motors in Avenue for a couple of years and a great, great time there and mm. got to know the family. And to this day, I'm very, very close with the Norrises and terrific, terrific family, yeah. yeah. And then you moved. You jumped ship from Renault to Volkswagen. Yeah, I, I worked with Volkswagen actually in Park Motors in, in Dublin. Uh, I was there for many years um, and fantastic memories and great people to work with and um, always great banter and, yeah, fantastic. Just while we're on it, be as an aside to the art, you know, being a salesman and a car salesman as well, it's like a three-card trick, is it? You know, when we come in through the door, of course, you have your regulars and, and yes. loyal Renault and Volkswagen people yes, who come yeah. back to you anyway. But you know, when you can you can you size somebody up? You know, when you <laughs> is that the skill in it, and you know, to to hook them and make the sale. Ah, well, it probably is. Like obviously, when you're dealing with the public, there's so many. You know, you're, you're meeting so many different people, different characters, and. You know, certain people when they eat and have indeed when they come in their head, and a lot of it will be kind of negotiation too, obviously. Mm. So it's part of the fun, part of the banter, and I suppose in sales, one thing that I miss was you know when you make a sale and you're meeting your targets every month, there's a great sense of satisfaction, and then when the customer's happy and they, they go off in a new car. Um, that's very, very thrilling. Mm. Yeah, there is a fantastic satisfaction. I worked at it for a time myself. Now. All's well and fine. You said you mentioned buying the house, you yes. uh, marry, you have all going yeah. on, the things that most people have in their lives. What happened to you? Around the age of 40, was it? Yeah, I I lost, initially lost a pair of my arms and um, it just just happened out of the blue. And I remember my father was around, uh, Christy was around and I was making tea and a sandwich or something and I literally couldn't open the packet of bread. And I had to turn to my father and, and ask him to open it because I no, I just lost the strength of my arms. Um, I would have lost it. I'm, I'm not really sure whether it was for a couple of days or kind of uh, went on for a couple of weeks. Um, but then pain started to introduce itself to me then. Mainly at that stage, it would have been mainly upper body pain, you know, shoulders, back, arms, neck. But then as time passed, it, it then transcended down into my l- lower body as well. And we're talking about here, Sean, you know, people can experience different levels of pain. We can take a, a pill for it and generally it deals with a headache or an ache here. This yes. is different level altogether. It is, yeah. It, it was, um, when I got ill initially, um, I felt that ill and I was just in, in bed literally 20, 24-7. Um, it was an incredibly scary time for me because I felt that ill. I actually thought it's the end of my days. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm on the way out. And um, it was just extremely frightening because I, I had no answers. And of course, I suppose Google is wonderful in so many aspects, but at the same time, no matter what you put into it, sometimes the feedback you, you kind of get, you kind of relate to it and you kind of think, oh, that's it, I'm I'm gone. That's me. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's but, me. And, and the mind races away, of Absolutely, course. absolutely, yeah, yeah. But you are here today and you're here to tell the sale and you'll be here for a long time, I'm sure, to come. But what were you ultimately diagnosed with? I got tested. I, I went through a series of tests through the Bond Secure and St. Vincent's Private um, and a whole host of tests. And um, m- most things were coming up fairly clear, like in, in my spine, it would have been just normal degenerative you know, related to age. But I was on, I'm on, still on the uh, consultant. Um, God, I can't think of his name at the moment. Um, <laughs> you're all right. You're all right. You <laughs> will. St. Vincent's. And, okay. Um, I was basically diagnosed with, uh, with chronic pain syndrome which, and this neuropathic pain which is to do it with the nerve, the nervous system and the nerves in the, in the body. So really, all of your body, when you mention that 
term for it there. Yes, it, yeah. You can have pain any, an, anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere, yeah. Literally from, you know, from the neck down, down to your toes, the pain is there, yeah. And you could spend days in bed. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, to, to do even the smallest chores around the house just became an impossibility. Um, you know, things people take for granted, you know, even to make a cup of tea at times was just, you know, an absolute struggle. Or, or to go anywhere, social life, everything just falls by, by the wayside. And I was in a, it, I was in a very, very dark place at the time because I, I literally was scared in my mind. You know, I, I didn't know what was going on with my body. But when you get a diagnosis, they pinpoint something. Yes. And I'm sure that was a relief when you hear this. Oh, it, absolutely. And, and so many people can identify with it because, you, you, you know, you're scared. You have all these, you know, horrific symptoms going on in your body. And you're not initially getting answers and you're, you're considering, could it be this and could it be that and could it be the other? But yes, when you do actually get diagnosed, in one sense, yeah, it's, it's a huge relief. And um, I'm not trying to, you know demean this in any way it's a relief in, in that mental sense that yes we yeah. know now what we're dealing with absolutely, here absolutely yeah. but listen that doesn't take away from the pain or, or, or what lay ahead for you i take it that they then had to go about prescribing medication and you're on medication yeah they, they told me basically that there was there was no cure for it it's, it's just basically um pain management um you know it'd be heavy duty drugs but them and themselves then have kind of side effects as well um like what well, I can have, and I suppose a lot of people have chronic pain, you know, obviously the pain can be overwhelming. So you would take medication to try and bring that pain down to a bearable level. But with me, um, it's a balancing act because a lot of times it just knocks you for six. You literally, you just, you just get, um, you go sleep and you could be sleeping for 14, 16, 18 hours. So it's, it's to try and get the balance right is, is very, very difficult. And that's back to you. You have to call that yourself, or is it is it prescribed and you follow? You know the taking of this. Yeah, well, there, there would be certain medication that you know you take in the morning and you take at night. Okay. And then as the day goes through, if you get breakthrough pain, then you you know you, there's other medications there you take at that stage. Mm. But um, it, it's it's a very difficult, very very difficult um, balancing act, really, it's just to try and fu- to be able to function. The pain comes down to a level and you can function and try and do things, or it just knocks you for six. How are you sitting in that chair today, having a chat with me? Uh, not too bad. I suppose the nerves are probably... <laughs> <laughs> it's distracting from the pain. Yeah. Don't be nervous at all. My God, what would you be nervous yeah. about? But I know what you're saying. I, I, I do know. Do, 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 does the art, when you work at... And we're going to get onto that yes. now, because this is a, a great story you have to tell. Does yes. that distract you from the pain at times? It, it does. Sometimes it can be very very difficult like um, there's a lot of times I have so many ideas in my head of things you know I want to put put on the canvas and you just can't get, I can't physically get mm. to start it then there's another aspect that when I have a painting nearly completed and I know there's only a day or two or three days work in it and I'm looking at the painting and I physically am too much pain to finish it and that that can cause a huge frustration. Oh, yes. But at the same time definitely when, when I you know when I do the art uh, and I am able to do it it does tend to take my mind because I go into my own world of trying to create a piece and trying to get it to a, a certain look in that. And, and of course, then I'd be listening to you on the radio. Oh, or thanks, John. You're saying all the right things. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it can bring me to a good place. Yes, yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is it for life. You, this medication will be part and parcel of your regime forevermore now. That's, you accept that? Yes, yeah. So it's, it's just something I, I have to deal with. But, um, you know, I'm blessed to, I've often felt 
very, very cursed, you know, to be inflicted with this. But I know there are other people that are, in, and I, you know, I've met them, and they're tremendous people that are in worse situ- situations, and you know, they, they battle on with life, and it's just something you know I kind of have to deal with, take the good with the bad. But I've many, I've. In all that I've, you know, I felt cursed with this. I meant so many blessings have come out of it as well, you know. And gratitude for me would be huge things, you know, small things in life, the likes of nature and likes of animals, and music, things like that. I, I take a real great value out of them. And um, you know, that you mightn't have in the past. Yeah, things, I suppose, yeah, absolutely. You know, things you would overlook. You're kind of in the rat race, and you're, you know, and kind of things you take for granted, and things you wouldn't necessarily notice. Now to bring me a huge comfort and, and a huge self satisfaction as well, yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. It, it really is. Um, Andrea Hayes, can I drop that name into you? Yes, yeah, so Andrea, yeah, she's she's terrific. She's some woman, isn't she? Because she has written extensively she has. and bared our soul about this yeah, as well. Yeah, she's an incredible, incredible inspiration. I've got I the pleasure of getting to know Andrea. and Actually, I, I owe Andrea a huge debt of gratitude because... At that time, before, as I said, when I, the dark days when I didn't know what was going on with me and, I, you know, I was scared out of my mind, I remember reading Andrea's book, A Pain for Your Life, yeah. and it, it just answered so many questions for me. It it, um, it really helped me, pull me out of that place. And yeah. Have you told her this? Oh, she, I think she knows, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was actually true. It was true Chronic Pain Ireland. Um, you know, I got involved with them and that's how I got to, to know Andrea. Yeah. But, um, and they're great people. Absolutely fantastic! Yeah, incredible what they do. Yeah, mm. yeah. They, you know, they they help so many, um, and I've got to meet so many people, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people through chronic pain Ireland that are in very difficult situations. But chronic pain Ireland, you know, they're fantastic in terms of advice and courses, um, you know, and trying to campaign for people that are suffering with with chronic pain. Mm. And you know, when you look at you today, <laughs> you're a fine looking fella, may I How say. How far from it. <laughs> I know, but like, you, you know this thing, we often hear this with people. You know, I can't see your pain. It's, yes. it's, it's not outward as such. That's that's difficult for a lot of people, you know, like some people who are in chronic pain, you know, it, it can be visible, they can be in wheelchairs or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of people, for all intents and purposes, someone on the outside looking looking at them can't see the pain. And they look healthy and they they look normal, but you know inside they're they can be going through hell. Um, but it's one of the difficult. I, I say I'm I'm very very lucky. I've I've great support from my family and friends and that. But other people, you know, can get it hard to get their head around chronic pain when it, when it's not visible and it's understandable too. But um, you know, people, I suppose it's only really when you experience like the likes of a toothache or something like that that you, it kind of really brings it home. You can't see the pain of the toothache, but when you have a God, you know about it. You certainly do, and and that's so well said. And we want to get rid of it as soon as we can. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, you you live with this now every day. Let's get on to this wonderful talent that you have. Uh, <laughs> tell me what medium you work in. What what do you use to create these wonderful artworks? Um, I generally use um, a liquid liquid acrylic and uh, polychrome pencil um, for kind of the finer details. I would generally draw, you know, I would, I would draft out the original kind of plan in my, in my head, and just a normal pencil, and then just work from there. So, you're ill with the pain, and I, I wanted you to tell me how how that link was re-established. Um, it was actually a lot, it would have been thanks to my wife Paula. Um, I remember I was at a couple of different functions, and I, you know, people I hadn't seen for years, and you know, one of the first questions they met me would have been, "Are you still doing the art?" and of course I wasn't, and 
then Polygon said, you know, it's a shame maybe you should take it up and start doing it again. So that was that's when I started. And actually one of the first paintings I took on was um, an Only Fools and Horses montage. Um, I knew it was going to be very, very difficult because I, I had different kind of plans of different pictures I wanted to do. And um, because it's such an iconic comedy and, you know, to this day, if it's on the television and flicking st- stations, I'll automatically just stay there because it, it's just a, a phenomenal program. One of the most brilliant comedies. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that, that was the f- very, very first painting I took on, which um, took me some time to do, but um, I eventually got there, yeah. You did. And then over you go to... London. Yes. And you bring this finished work with you. Yes. And they're shooting in Pinewood. Was that the one where they're shooting in Pinewood? Yes, yes. they were. I had actually travelled over before. Um, I had met uh, most of the, the cast and characters, you know, at, at different things and they had signed it. And, and the one, I suppose, the elusive um, character with the main character himself, Del Boy, Sir David Jason. So... Um, Funny enough, a lot of the characters said you'll do very well to get him to sign it. It's just something he doesn't do. He doesn't do photos or signatures that. So I got word that um, Still Open Hours has been filmed over in London in yes. Tediting Studios, Pinewood Studios, which which is now gone since. But I just went over with the, with painting underneath my arm and I went into the studio and the um, reception was a lovely lady there and she kind of initially said... Uh, she said, no, Sir David wouldn't do something like that. And then she seen the painting and she said, did, do you, did you paint this? So I said, I did. And she said, oh, hold on a second. So she made a phone call back to the set where they were recording in behind. And a few minutes later, a man, I think a woman came out and they were discreetly up at reception. I was sitting there. I could see them looking, looking across me. And uh, the lady then called me back up and she said, can we have a look at that again? And the gentleman behind her was kind of discreetly throwing his eye over her shoulder looking at the painting and he talked about the painting and he said, you know, you painted this. And I said, I did. Uh, he said, it'd be a travesty if Sir David didn't see it and, and perhaps even sign it. So sure enough, he brought it in behind and the next thing came back and Sir David had signed it and uh, obviously I was over the moons. <laughs> My big, biggest goal at that stage <laughs> was achieved. So. What a wonderful story. SeanPurcellArt.com. Have a look at it. You'll see what we're talking about this afternoon because the man himself is with me on late lunch. Now, I'd you were mentioned about being nervous in that seat a few moments ago. Not a bit of it. But I certainly would be nervous if I was going to meet Mr. Mike Tyson. Yes. <laughs> Where are you? Um, I was. It was actually funny. I um, Mike was doing a, a, a talk in in Dublin, uh, obviously about his boxing career and being in movies and things like that. And Mike would have been someone. And to this day, like I would consider Mike the most exciting, explosive boxer ever. Um, you know, I, I just I remember as a young guy watching watching him, and he, he was just incredible. So I went up to the the talk, and I, again, I had the painting underneath my arm, and. They said initially, no, Mike won't be doing any signatures of that. And one of his team actually seen the painting. And again, he said, you know, you, you, you've painted it. And I said, yeah. And he said, would, would you um, give us your number and we'll, we'll contact you tomorrow? So I initially kind of thought, well, that's the end of it. You know, it probably won't happen. But true to his word, he contacted me, I think it was on a Saturday morning. And he said, how far are you living from Dublin? So I said, you know, about an hour. And he said, uh, Mike would like to see you. So he gave me where Mike was staying in the hotel and myself and my wife, I, I think the, the tread in the front tyres of the car were a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit more worn than what they were going up. But uh, we went up to the hotel and he, um, his, one of his team brought myself and my wife up and um, we met Mike and, you know, he was very, very gracious, very humble, um, very complimentary about the painting. And, you know, the, the fact that I think 
that resonated with him is I, I included Customato, which would have been like a father figure to Mike um, and took him on, you know, when Mike was trouble as a young kid on the streets and um, trained him to ultimately to become the world champion. And when um, when Mike died, um, I think things in Mike's life just, um, you know, fell asunder with new management and everything. But uh, the fact that I included Customato in the painting, um, I think that really resonated with him because he, he mentioned it to me. He said, oh, lovely to see that. Um, you know, and he, he called the work, you know, uh, beautiful work, which is, I was very, very happy to see. And again, he signed it. He signed it and photographed him, you know, we, we spoke and, um, you know, it was fantastic just, just to meet him in person. Rumour has it you had to take a couple of extra pills that day. With the handshake, yes. I don't think I was able to paint for about three or four days after it. But at the same time, I was thankful I didn't wake up on the floor with a referee standing <laughs> over me counting to ten. So, <laughs> um, Just, just to, to, to make the link as well, do you paint from other image? Do you paint from an image that's there already, a photograph or something? Or, or how do you come up with what you paint? Yeah, generally the likes of, um, for instance, I've done a painting on the, with the, the Exorcist with um, Linda Blair. And um, again, it was a film that was, you know, I go back to when I was when I was a young fella and it scared the living lights of me. I was checking the wardrobes underneath the beds in my shoes and everything after I watched it. But I, what I would have done was I got the movie and would have put it on screen and paused certain scenes okay. from the movie that, you know, that resonated with me and I, I would work from that. And you interpret from that as well yes, into the painting. Yeah, into the painting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. We're name dropping here now for sure with Sean <laughs> Parcel this afternoon. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yes. I met Arnold only just a couple of, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. What was he like? What's he like? He, fabulous. Um, you know, it, it was um, a gala dinner for, it was, they were fundraising for, um, for a charity. I think it was in mental health and, yeah, there would have been, um, you know, din- evening dinner and music and pyrotechnics. And then um, Arnold came on the stage himself and talked about the movies and the injuries that s- sustained, things like that. So um, to be even in the same room, it was just, you know... How did you get to him then, to get him to sign it? Um, I basically... I again, I, I came in with the like, getting the name going everywhere with the painting <laughs> underneath my arm. But uh, I, I went into the venue and security was incredibly high. Um, they had their own in-house security, but then Arnold would have had his own personal detail as well. Mm. So again, to say no, not a chance. Arnold won't be signing anything. And it so happened one the organizer was there and he seen the painting. And again, he said, "You've done this." And then he started calling over people. A um, couple of guys and were looking at it, and I've since become very, very good friends with them. Um, it was only through their kindness that it, it actually happened. To be honest, they said we'll have to show this to um, to Arnold, and sure enough, they brought it away. But his own person details stood in again, said no, not chance, not going to happen. But he did. He got, he signed it in the end, which I was thrilled about. You see, when they see it, when connections see it, yeah. they see how brilliant you are, and. Uh. They do, and, and that's what what tips the scales in your favour. Um, Stallone, Stallone, yes, it it was again for for a, a charity event, and I actually asked Sylvester to you know would you mind signing it? So you know he was a lovely guy, and um, he said certainly I'll you know, bring it over there. Again, it was all and he was enclosed off with 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 his security detail, and the guy, one of the guys went off to, to get my painting. He'd kept it in the in the office, one of the organisers, and he came back with the painting. And again, there was a guy stood up, said, "No, can't go any further." And I, I told him, I said, Sylvester said he'd sign it, and he kind of goes, "What?" I said, I, "I asked him," and he goes, "Right, well, you know, you'll have to stay there, or whatever." And sure enough, they brought it away, and he he signed it, and 
Yeah, so thrilled. So two within a space, a short space. <laughs> yeah, they, they happened really recently. Yeah. But you know you do have, by by getting the endorsement of all the stars you mentioned there, you have very, very special pieces of art now. I take it they're not for sale. No, the originals are, are not for sale because they obviously they mean a lot to me and I've invested so much time into them and to actually meet them and have them sign it, you know, it's they're, they're very, very special to me, yeah, so... I take it, take it very hard to part with them. But prints available, yes. Prints are available, yes. And on, they can the get in touch through the, the website? Yes, which can is, yeah, yes. I mentioned mention that again. Uh, have you many, <laughs> I suppose now, here we go, You've and I could keep going on, like Idris Elba is there, you mentioned The Exorcist, there's so many more people. Have you have you targets? Have you ones done that you're planning now to try and get the signatures? I have, yeah. I have a few ideas. Who's few... next? Come on, give us one that you're after. Go on. I can't really say because, uh, you know, these things... Sometimes... Might ruin it, honey. <laughs> they might just hear this old podcast and say, that's what he's up to, I see. Yeah, no, but you I, have you have. People. I have, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a case of the process, because my work is so detailed, um, you know, to actually get them uh, to the standard I want, you know, it's, it's a laborious process and um, it can take time. But then to say when I'm, I can have to listen to my body as well, of course. that I don't overdo it. But no, certainly I, I have a lot of things that hopefully down, down the tracks Great will stuff. And yeah. you know, people may, are listening to us the last while, do you see the way our minds were distracted and the pain never even came into it? But it is a factor and it's <laughs> yes. with you every day and it takes a long time to do these wonderful works and you do have to take breaks, I know, in between. You're a top man. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the show today. And I mentioned it again. Check it out. SeanPurcellArt.com. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Late Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know when I say something, I really mean it. And I'm going to tell you now, folks, I'm joined in studio by two of Ireland's most stylish men. And they return to late lunch ahead of their big night of glitz and glamour at Tankerstown House next Tuesday. Yes, Paul Carroll and Mike McCarthy, collectively known as Funky Fashion Frolics, present their Excellence in Style Autumn Winter 19 fashion show, a night not to be missed, and to wet your whistle. The boys are with us in studio. Yo, welcome back. Hello, Jerry. How are you? It's great, great to, to see you. you. You're, I always say, you just look like new pins coming in here. And did you see me? Look, I had to put on the little colourful shirt today and get the matching colours right, lads. Well, you look well, fabulous. And and I don't know how because we're rushing The clash is all in as well, Jerry. so there's no need to be so, but you look great. <laughs> because, you know, what the days you're in here in a T-shirt and jeans and Louise said to me, you better be on your best tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, good to see you. Great, great to see to you here. both Thank again. You. Second year of this yeah, yes. we're just really, really excited. I suppose it is starting to become an annual event, our Autumn Winter 19 Excellence in Style Fashion Show. It was kind of born out of out of us winning the Meet Style Awards a couple of years ago. And actually last year, then to our delight, we were actually asked to host it. So the name comes from that because we won the overall Excellence in Style Award. But what we really wanted to do, Jerry, to be honest with you, were huge supporters and promoters of independent boutiques. And particularly here regionally, where Paul is from. Paul, you know, hails from Rossnery and he, he's got his salon the house of Paul and Slane. We wanted to promote boutiques like Jenny's Boutique and Ribbon Rouge and Ebony Boutique and Olives and Drogheda and all of the other boutiques My that I will mention later Helen, on. A wonderful, Helen, a fabulous, wonderful new boutique. fabulous person. Yes, flying after in one year, just absolutely. You were at the birthday bash. We I were at the that. birthday bash. One of the best bashes we've been at. <laughs> and 
Again, a wonderful showcase of fashion locally, um, wonderful new business. A girl that knows what she's doing has hit the right niche in the market, something there for everybody. And we're Literally just thrilled to have Helen on yes. board this year. And you are marrying, may I say, the international aspect of fashion, as you say, yeah. with the local boutiques. And what yeah. a modelling agency you have on the catwalk again we're this year. Very, very lucky because, you know, we do work very closely with assets modelling mm. agencies and, you know, Apart from the fact that all of the models are professional, they've been doing this for years. They're very, very experienced. Um, Derek Daniels himself, he's the ultimate professional. Um, an absolute pre- pleasure to work with in terms of, you know, he's a great director. Everything flows, everything is in sync, everything runs smoothly and on time. And that's very, very important when you're putting on a show that has an international aspect. But also what we want to do is highlight the great fashion that is out there in the local boutiques in County Mead. And it certainly is all around. And the other thing I want to commend you both on... You always have giving and charity on your minds. And again, this year, you're supporting a very, very important charity. Very important. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important. Last year, we were really proud to support Avine's Pink Tie. We raised money on the night for them through a charity raffle. This year, I work for Focus Ireland. I'm an aftercare manager in an aftercare service in Dublin. It was just very, very important for me to give back to Focus too. Um, for the wonderful work that they do in challenging homelessness and trying to make people's lives a little bit better. Mm. And we have a huge problem in this country at the moment with family homelessness, for example, um, with a whole generation of children growing up um, Mm. in hotels and family hubs um, and young people as well leaving state care and foster care. So it's just very, very important to, um, I suppose it's heightened in the media, but it needs to remain so. Um, and you're doing your bit yeah. well. that, ad, that ad on the television yeah. the focus ad at the moment yes. oh my god yeah. yes hits home oh. and you know we say if we can have ladies have the most wonderful evening experience a wonderful evening and you know that a good cause like Focus Ireland are to benefit from the night well that makes it all more worthwhile for us now there's lots happening because yes. you have a best dressed lady and best accessorised yes, lady as well me too. so girls <laughs> Get the glad rags get on. the glad rags on and, and the bit of bling or whatever it may be, you know, your fancy shoes, your dancing shoes, forever. Yeah, but we're very lucky um, this year. We've had a great sponsorship for the Best Dressed Lady. We have uh, Tankerstown House are actually sponsoring an overnight stay with dinner for two people and breakfast at Tankerstown House, which is a beautiful, beautiful prize. Um, Specsavers are giving us a pair of designer uh, sunglasses. We have uh, Ballykeefe Distillery are giving a beautiful drinks hamper. So, yes. Um, and just wonderful uh, Sam McCauley um, cosmetics hamper for the best dressed lady on the night and um, also Rodant Jewels are just yes. giving away a fabulous pendant it's mm. absolutely beautiful oh, so the it's prize and all it's worth over a thousand euro yeah, basically it's wonderful and then we're bringing a new aspect in this year um, we have the best accessorised outfit which um, gives ladies the opportunity to you know put a look together put on that scarf that shawl that wrap whatever your jewellery and um you know, we will be judging the best accessorised outfit. Yeah. And we will have, we have a lovely guy from Navin, uh, Ferg Style, he's recently started a blog and Ferg is coming on board to uh, judge that category. Mm. Goodie bags for everybody in the yeah, audience, absolutely. champagne reception, absolutely. entertainment yes. afterwards, the Canopies. wonderful Ruby O'Kelly. Absolutely. I know, what an amazing singer. And again, just really, really delighted to be able to support her and you know she's she's very much about anti-bullying and raising awareness for that but above all her voice is absolutely beautiful Stunning. when you hear her 
you know, literally the hairs on your arms that, go up. That yeah. young young lady wrote a song, and I mean, yeah. the yes. lyrics and yeah. the, everything about it is yeah. simply outstanding. So it's bigger, yeah. better, brighter mm-hmm. than before. Are there any tickets still available for next we year? We have a limited number of tickets available um, on Eventbrite, and also I have a few tickets left at the House of Paul, my salon in Slane. So if people want to call on 041 988-4097 we'll do our very best to get people uh, but it's very limited at this point yeah. but we'll do our very best it's almost gone jump on yes. to Facebook or onto Eventbrite look up Funky Fashion Frolics and because it is almost gone yeah. but we want as many people Don't there as possible at the same time we warn you this Thursday <laughs> afternoon no good crying over spilt milk when it's gone it's gone as they say I wish you well it's uh, becoming you. now as you said yeah. Yeah. Mike a real staple in the calendar now every it year is, absolutely. can I say something else to you. You're half the man you used to be from last time you were here I've, I've the lyrics of that song now running around in my head. They'll be in my head all day. I literally am half the man. I've lost four stone, Jerry. It wasn't easy. I've done it slowly over the last, I suppose, nine months. Um, for health reasons, really, mm-hmm. partly. Mm-hmm. And just for my own self-esteem as well. Do you know what I mean? How have you done it? Are you exercising more? Are you watching the eating? How? Um, I suppose I started off initially just because I've an underactive thyroid. I've condi- an autoimmune condition and my immune system basically attacks my thyroid. Um, I was I was overweight, but I hid it very well. You know, clever styling with the personal styling elements. Nobody realised mm-hmm. probably that I was bigger than I was, but my health had suffered. My energy was low. I started off walking, cleaning up my diet, um, I got some advice from a nutritionist from my GP uh, then when I felt a little bit confident I started going to the gym I met this wonderful guy called the mum coach uh, Declan and uh, I started personal training with him four times a week now it's become such a, a part of my daily routine I come home from work some evenings I'm, I'm really really tired but I go straight to the gym and then I've loads of energy after I leave the gym. I, Do you know what I mean? admire your discipline. Are, are you are you where you want to be now? Yeah, you, I am. Yes. I mean, weight loss wise, the goal isn't losing weight anymore. Yeah. It's maintaining probably okay. the the eleven and a half stone mark that I'm at at the moment hold it there holding it there because hold it there I don't want to get too gaunt <laughs> <laughs> Paul of course you're working your magic every day in Slane and I, I will say to you again I meet so many people who have such great words of praise for you and what you do well, and I just want so to say much. that to you again today you make a real difference thank now, you now, the two of you together are making big waves again because tell them you're up for two big awards we are like we're absolutely astounded where all of this when we started this a couple of years ago you know this has brought us in so many different directions and um, we attended an event a couple of years ago the Irish Beauty Blog Awards with a friend of ours at the time who was nominated and we admired those people and we didn't have a blog at the time and this year we got an email a couple of months ago to say that we'd been nominated um, an email about six weeks ago to say we'd been shortlisted and last week we got a call to say that we're in the final so um, um, we're up for in the category of best uh, male influencers, um, which is we're in there with the big names. It's just wonderful to be associated. Um, it's it's all great fun. It's great publicity, and it's it, that's our reward for doing what we're doing to be recognised. You know, we are promoting Irish fashion and um, boutiques and individual traders. And this is our reward. This is what you know to be. Yeah, you know. And, and this is a big one. Let yeah. me tell you, folks. And the other one is High Mag, the High Magazine Style Award. The High Magazine Style Award. We're actually up. Would you believe it? For the most stylish duo. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I say at the beginning? 
and I wasn't telling you a word of a lie. Indeed, they are. Well, that's for sure. Um, we're oh, that's a wonderful night in Cork. Um, really, really well run night in Cork. We've been at this event a couple of times, and this year to be nominated in the category of most stylish duo again, a huge compliment. And we can remember a time, Jerry, when it was all about dreaming that we'd love to judge at Ladies' Day or. You know, we'd love to be recognised in the fashion industry and, you know, it was slow, steady, hard work that kind of I remember you culminated. Yes. Do you remember those and early days? Do, when because you've 7, always been so good followers when you came in. You remember a year that? and a half ago. And you had many hopes yeah. and dreams and yeah. my God, yeah. you've lived to live them yourselves and yeah. experience yeah. yeah. we've met the nicest people on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take a break just in a second, but before I do, in a word, uh, questions please. If you have fashion questions, ladies, for the boys, here's your chance for the next few minutes or so. 086-1800-658. Text them or WhatsApp them into us now or you can call 1850 just before the break Paul quickly the colours that are in for the autumn winter season what are they in a nutshell they are everything it's just a kaleidoscope of colour um, you have everything we're into autumn winter now you're into your reds your oranges your metallics your silvers you know girls are wearing sequins by day they're wearing you know workwear out at night it's just all out there an animal print as well is, <laughs> as it always is summer or winter the are from runners to stilettos Jerry from office to evening <laughs> I'm back again everything goes the boys are staying with me Paul Carroll Mike McCarthy funky fashion frolics on the big shows next Tuesday in Tankerstown eventbrite.ie I'll give Paul a shout at the Salon and Slane back with more on fashion in a couple of moments Yes, the boys are back in town. Paul Carroll and Mike McCarthy are here with us this afternoon on the big shows in Tankerstown next Tuesday. Sharon O'Kelly's just been in touch with us. Ruby's mum, who's singing oh, at your show. To we say hello, forward. she's listening in Hi, and looking Sharon. forward to next Tuesday. Now, is bling and sparkle back big time for this winter season and party season? I don't think it ever went anywhere, Jerry. It's um, There was bling and sparkle during the summer and yes, it's back with a vengeance. Really, really back, big time. Um, what's lovely about now is, like recently we were at an event in My Generation Clothing, as we mentioned earlier, and that girl put on a wonderful fashion show with the most fabulous mix of bling, like blinged, like sequin blazers with jeans, ankle boots. Those blazers could be worn into evening. Those jeans could be worn shopping. Do you know what I mean? But the bling is now, it's taken a whole new dimension. Do you know what I mean? And sparkle, it's... It never, as I say, went anywhere. But uh, coming into this time of year, there's always more Christmas and more. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it? I think Do you know what the, I mean? When the nights draw in, that's and right. under the, uh, you know, the that's artificial right. light, yes. it even looks that much better. And then when the Christmas party invitations or the plans for Christmas parties, I think women just spin into bling mode. Absolutely. And we saw similar styles in Ribbon Rouge recently at a fashion show as well, in terms of bling. Do you know what I mean? Sparkle is really, really important, particularly in the lead up to Christmas. From October on, it's all about the Christmas season. Mm. Question there, will you ask the boys about boots, ankle or knee boots? What's the recommendation? The recommendation is that boots are something that we would uh, classify as a, a very important wardrobe staple and somewhere to invest in your wardrobe, right? If you have a bit of money to spend on footwear, I would say buy a good pair of boots that are not just going to see you through one season. And there are wonderful, wonderful quality boots out there now, even in the high street, they're everywhere. But ankle or knee that is personal choice. They're both very in. There is, there's a lot of like very skinny trousers, very skinny jeans. The knee boots are very fashionable and trendy over those with like your your blazer, your long top, your layers over. And then the ankle boots are beautiful with dresses. So a lot of girls are wearing the ankle boots with dresses and opaque tights for winter and actually carrying dresses from summer 
through to winter season, just styling them differently, wearing boots and heavier tights, little blazer, fur coat, leather jacket. Yeah, it's all going When on. you wear the knee boots, do you need to up the hemline? Um, not necessarily, because now um, lengths are, there's every length up uh, out there now, you know, from nearly some of the fashion pictures now, you don't know if you're looking at the 60s or if you're looking at the, the hippie <laughs> yes. era. It's all, the hem lengths are everywhere and it's all very personal and it's to get the right direction in what suits you. But, you know, we've recently seen um, beautiful, like the shirt dress is very in, like full length shirt dress and they're being worn like with buttoned up from the knee down uh, with knee boots and it's a very striking look. Mm. It's if something suits, if it's appropriate and if it suits your body shape as we say and your personal style it's it's acceptable. You mentioned two words there, skinny jeans. Yes. And our Louise yes. <laughs> says that the day of the skinny jean is coming to an end. This is what you told me they this reckon, morning. They reckon so, yes. And the, the fashion forward forecast. Look at her, look at her, look at her behind you there with <laughs> thumbs. We're getting the double thumbs up. Uh, up in the yes. air. She's jumping around <laughs> Studio One. So Louise, yes, um, they're reckoning, yes, that definitely um, more the boyfriend jeans, even the bootcut jeans that we would have all been familiar with, are all making a return. And it's the people like I suppose the very influential people in the fashion world, the likes of Victoria Beckham and ladies like that have been seen in, you know, they'll always be seen a couple of seasons ahead in what's coming. And they've been photographed in the not so skinny jeans. Um, And so we would say, yes, they're definitely. Now, 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 I'm going to go a step further. And this pains me to say this to both of you. Flares. Yes. Do you remember the flares? You do. Do you remember flare the flares jeans. in the seventies? Is there the, any the chance they'll make a comeback? Well, Jerry, as we say, fashion's like a wheel. If it was there once, it'll come round again. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? You often see teenagers, you know, still wearing the hippie style. Yes. And they're still very, very recently, fond of the flares. Yeah, myself and I mean? were in London yeah. recently, and yeah. we were in Camden, which is a very trendy area. And you would actually think you were looking at a 1970s film with all the very young, trendy, hip, yeah. young people. Yeah. And yes, they were all wearing the patchwork denim flares. You know, again, fashion forward, ahead of the game. Look Louise behind is loving you. all this. Look I think we've. Look behind you. Look <laughs> oh, she's in her. She's in her boot cuts. She's exactly. in her boot cuts. And when you're younger like that, you're kind of fashion forward anyway because you're braver in your choices and you're not afraid to wear. I can see Louise like Ferrer becoming a kind of a fashion icon for County Mead, County Louth, and fashionista. And she's fabulous hair. Oh my word! Look at that woman. Uh, but uh, so I was saying to her this morning, we get rid of all them flares out of your wardrobe. I <laughs> no, no, totally hold wrong. Yeah. Hold on tight. Definitely. It's coming round the corner. Here's one for you. Can jumpers be trendy? You know the way people are. You know, jumper. No. Yes, it yeah. can. Knits, knits and jumpers can be very, very trendy. And again, with the colour, do you know what I mean? Mustard is a really, really striking colour if it's fitted. And with, again, with the skinny black jeans, it can be just absolutely fabulous belted. Do you know what I mean? So it depends. Jumpers, yeah, as you say, we've all had, we've had jumpers from the day we were born. Um, and I have to just say that a beautiful take recently on the jumper was Avian Garrahy's sister got married in Clare. Yes. And her bridesmaids actually wore an amazing, like it was a nod towards the Aaron sweater. I saw nice. the pictures. I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. So like, and they wore them with the most beautiful sage coloured silk skirts. A stunning, stunning look. A stunning look. So the jumper, yes, Jerry, the jumper will always be out there. And, you know, we were somewhere recently and in a very nice hotel and there was a knitting club, a group of ladies who meet up and they knit and they were all knit, young women and they were knitting. And, you know, it's lovely to see that because we've so many fabulous designers and fabulous producers yes. of all this kind of stuff. But yet the jumper is, it's 
the staple we've everyone's had a jumper <laughs> WhatsApp message uh, what would the lads recommend for a lady that's short 5 foot 2 in stature uh, with some carrying some weight around the tummy area ok well always um, what we would say is you focus on your best feature so that's where you want to bring attention to so say if you're shorter in stature um, and if your less comfort area is your tummy area you would always direct your the eye upwards so concentrate on a nice neckline um, across Crossbody ruching is a very good uh, shape, be it in a dress or top for somebody who's carrying weight around the middle area because it's just quite flattering. It's not, you know, structured. So that crossbody ruching is very, very So whatever good. your perceived problem area is, you literally just want to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Draw the eye to your exactly. best part. Get the gaze yeah. away from yeah. there. Uh, really enjoying listening to the boys, Jerry, this afternoon. Check and dog tooth seams. Uh, they, they seem to be everywhere at the moment. Is the mod look coming back absolutely and as you said about the flares and the the wide leg trousers and all of that and yes there is a huge amount of hound's tooth and dog tooth out there um, recently the fashion shows that we've attended and some of these wonderful boutiques that are showing are full of hound's tooth hound's is tooth massive yeah. and in monochrome um, yeah. yes and yes it's it's all it's coming back did it ever go away no it doesn't and that's the thing about it now you want to mention just a few more of the great people who'll be with you in Tankerstown next year. and we're so grateful to them all and to all our contributors um, who are taking part I think we've gotten as far as Olive's Boutique in Drogheda Jerry so we've got Picket Fence Boutique as well we've got Niles and Rafe in Dunboyne Phoenix V, which we're absolutely delighted. Thank you so much, Liza Brennan, for getting in touch. My generation, as we've mentioned. The White Designer Studio, absolutely amazing wedding dresses. It was a real wow moment in our show last year. We've got Mel Belle Marie Bridal, rather, as well. But they're going to be showing um, Mother of the Bride and Mother of the Groom looks. Uh, Siobhan Daly Designs, uh, absolutely love Siobhan. Apart from the fact that she's a lady, she's a very, very talented milliner. Her headpieces will be shown during our show. Also, she will have a pop-up shop and her beautiful collars and everything else that she makes will be on display. Um, will you have yeah. enough time in the night to get through all this? Oh, <laughs> you will. certainly you will. Certainly certainly will. You want to see how these professional <laughs> models move, Jerry. Specsavers and Navin as well. Thank you so much because they're kitting us out with our own eyewear you for the night. You look amazing. And they're, they're also, the models are going to be wearing their pieces. Fantastic. Boys, it's always great to have you Thank with you us so on Late Lunch. Wish you well with Tuesday. Best wishes for the Beauty Blog Awards and the High Magazine Style Awards to come. And continued success and thank you thank so, you so, so for your so much. continued oh, support one last word Ashling O'Reilly and Stephen Mangan who are also entertaining on the night both amazing performers thank you <laughs> you need to get to Tankerton <laughs> <laughs> eventbrite.ie or Paul Carroll and Slade thank you boys my next guest's journey as an author began relatively recently in 2017 in fact I remember the day well she came here with her debut novel Love in Row 27 and it was published to universal acclaim last year Grace After Henry was an international bestseller and Etna Shorthall has another surefire winner I'm telling you on her hands with her third book called Three Little Truths. It's hard to say that, the way it it rolls off the tongue there, Miss Shorthall. Well, it actually is because I couldn't come up with a name for this book and my American editor came up with the name and you'd know it wasn't an Irish person. Three Little Truths. There's a lot of THs. (laughs) There's a lot and I always struggle with them. The old false teeth nearly hit the wall. You are welcome back and let me tell them you arrive not only with a, a new arrival in terms of a publication, 
there's a beautiful new arrival just outside. Yes, he's come everywhere with me, Ruin. He's seven weeks old now. And yeah, I'm breastfeeding him, so he has no choice but to come with me. Mm. And he's been to various media outlets across the UK and Ireland. And um, yeah, he's getting around for a seven-week-old. Is it tough because you're on the publicity trail now with a new baby? Yeah, I mean, look, if I could have timed it a little better, I wouldn't have timed them to be at the exact same point. But books, book schedules are decided over a year in advance and you know when you're deciding to get pregnant it's not always up to you so uh, yeah but it's actually grand he's a good baby he's been asleep for most of today and he's been lugged around bookshops and he's done a couple of interviews and so I think I got a good one you have a good one as well he's beautiful and congratulations to you you. again now talking about the different generations this is a new generation of your clan your mammy's not too happy about this book (laughs) Well, yes, so I've I dedicated Three Little Truths to my mother for this reason, because basically it's set on uh, a suburban middle class road um, in Dublin. And it's a version of the road I grew up on, which is the road my mum still lives on. So now when I was writing it, she was not very happy and she was uh, a bit paranoid that... I was writing about all her neighbours and she was going to be run off our road and she wouldn't be able to show her face again. But she's actually just finished reading it and she loves it. And I think she loves it because hopefully she thinks it's a good book, but she also loves it because she realises that you can't actually recognise any of the neighbours from it. But what I basically took was the layout of our road in du- the road I grew up on in Dublin, the kind of concerns, you know, parking, like parking is a constant concern. Um, there was a wheel stolen off a Porsche one night on our road, so that happens in the book. There's a suspected rat infestation on the road in the book because there's ga- holes in the gardens. Um, and so that, like, and also I took the existence of a WhatsApp group. So my mom and the women that live on her road have this WhatsApp group to organise their monthly poker games, <laughs> as is the case with the women in this book. But, of course, it's not really about poker. I mean, they do play poker and they organise games, but it's also about everything that's going on in the road, the gossip, keeping an eye on things. And so in Three Little Truths, the women of Pine Road um, are constantly talking on their WhatsApp group about this new neighbour, Martha, that's moved in seemingly overnight in mysterious circumstances. And this gets them all going. And so the book is interspersed with those WhatsApp conversations. They're hilarious. Thank you. You've written them absolutely <laughs> brilliantly. And, you know, they're so, as you say, they have that group there and there are so many WhatsApp groups in the world. It's really timely at this time when WhatsApp is in. Yeah, I'm in so many WhatsApp groups. Ping, ping, ping. Like I was saying, you know, for even for we uh, bought our first house last year and as soon as we moved in, we joined the residence Association and, and then instantly we were in the residence WhatsApp group. And it's like, I don't know any, or I, I, like, I think everyone I know really is in a residence WhatsApp group. And you have the, like the double tick. So, you know, when people have seen your message. So, you you know, you know, if someone's ignoring you and then you can't, you can't not respond to them. And the, it's like, I think WhatsApp groups are great for passing of aggression like it's a great breathing mm. ground for that so yeah and they're very funny and like like some of the stuff in my own group can be ridiculous so I just tried to emulate that and put it in the book Neighbourly tiffs gossiping small minded people it's all in there yeah. it, by the spadeful <laughs> well there's one woman as well who's she gets the Irish Times delivered every day and now the Irish Times has stopped turning up on her doorstep. So she's convinced that someone is stealing it and she starts falling out with everyone because she's accusing everyone of stealing her newspaper. And these are the kind of things that do happen and that people will fall out over because when you're on your road, suddenly these are the biggest issues. These are, this is the most important stuff. And so like the book has a, you know, a central plot, but the idea is that to get a sense of a neighbourhood and what it's like to live in a really close knit community where everyone's keeping an eye on everyone else.
and that family that arrive in you have to get the book there is a reason they're there and they get to the bottom of it eventually but there's a love interest because uh, there's a lady and her son who have to move back with her family yeah. Carmel and Mike at the moment dad and it's back to the future when Robin and Jack arrive back and then of course you know she's free and single yes. and available again and these things happen in neighbourhoods as well Look my first two books were, were versions some kind of love stories and I was trying something different with the third book and it's not a love story however I don't know that I'll ever be able to write a book without a love storyline at least in there somewhere because I love that stuff like I don't I will watch a film about anything but I want a little bit of romance and so I put that in the book and so yeah Robin is she's in her 20s she's moved home with her four year old son she's her own issues with her ex and the kind of person she used to be when she lived with him and now she's home and she's trying to rediscover who she used to be and then she meets uh, a lovely chap in the pub one night uh, during a karaoke night and yeah so their their romance kind of plays out during the book as well The Easter treasure hunt. You must have done this yourself to actually write about it. It's the most hilarious, uh, real... Hunt, treasure hunt. Yeah, well, I wanted, I wanted all the action. Everything is building in the book. The, the, there's three main women, female characters. They all have their own little truths, as it were, and their storylines will all become intertwined. And I, as the book goes on, you're thinking, how are they going to be? How, what's the link? What's the link? And then it becomes more and more obvious. And I wanted it to kind of explode at the end. So we have this uh, pre-Easter uh, street party that they're having, and there's a treasure hunt as part of it. And so everything, like. Everything comes to blows at this party. It is it like, it goes kaboom. Now, we used to have street parties on our road and there would be a lot of organisation that would be going into them and you, there would be some high stress, but it was never quite as dramatic as this. And I just, I love um, making treasure hunts. You know, you make them for kids sometimes and yeah. you might buy them sweets, but you'll give them clues and they have to go around the house, find all the clues and get the sweets at the end. So I kind of did that because I love writing the clues and getting the rhymes and I got to do that in the book. So that's sort of why it's a, um, a treasure hunt. Everybody is waxing lyrical who's read it about the twist because you think it's happening and then you fool us. You, yeah, you yeah, fool yeah, us yeah. Brilliantly. I'm so delighted with that, I have to say. That is the thing I'm proudest of because like twists are in, you know, you like all books have twists really. And this isn't a grisly murder or it's not a um a, a thriller necessarily. It's kind of more of a mystery. And so it doesn't necessarily have to have a twist, but I just love them and I wanted to put one in and all the reviews have said that they didn't see the twist coming. They thought it was one thing and then it was something else. And I, that, I'm just so proud of that because uh, like, I just, as a reader myself, I hate when I guess the twist. So I really wanted it to be a surprise. You got me. And that's for sure. Thank and I you. read Great. a lot of books and I thought I had it. And then the next thing, oh, he says, this one is absolutely brilliant. When you mentioned the other two and love being the, yeah. the, the theme, you know, we spoke the first one and of course, love at 33,000 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Matchmaking, you know, and all that entailed. And then quite different with the last yeah. one last year, Grace and Henry. And like, you gave that away, I have to say, right from the start. You know, they often say, don't give away the punchline or no spoilers. But you went straight in there and it was a love tragedy that opened that one up. Yeah, so that Grace After Henry starts with Henry dying. Yeah. He's, he's on a bike. He's cycling to meet Grace because they're looking at houses. They're trying to buy the first house, which is what me and my boyfriend were doing at the time. And I we had been at, um, I was at a house viewing once waiting for him to arrive and I just had this vision of him not making it to the house viewing and, and, and dying basically. So that became the opening of the book. So yeah, it's a love story in reverse in a way because the love interest um, dies at the beginning. But it becomes more complicated. People from Henry's life come back into Grace's life now that Henry is gone. And it's about her moving on, but it's also about her being 
well, basically refusing to let go. Um, but the thing with that is that it's funny. I hope anyway, it's meant to be funny. And that is, I think I was trying to do that again with Three Little Treats where you can write, write about serious issues but still make them funny. And I think that's a really Irish thing. Like the books have done well so far, particularly in the States, and they love that. They're, that's something that the reviews over there will always point out, like how a subject can be serious but also funny. And I think that's Irish humour. Like Irish funerals, you'll often hear good jokes at them, you know, like mm. that we when tragedy strikes, we say funny things. <laughs> we do, and that's in our DNA in this country. Uh, the Babby's okay outside with Helen. Yes, All right, are yeah, you happy yeah, enough yeah, to yeah, stay yeah, with me yeah, a few yeah, more yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edna Shortall is with us. The name, say the title, go on. I, I'll get stuck again. Go Three on. Little Truths. Oh, you saved my day. Yes, we're talking about her brand new one and there's more to come with this wonderful lady after the break. Three Little Truths. Yes, that's the name of the book. That was all right, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. bad, it really. Um, Edna Shortall is with me on Late Lunch. I saw you tweeting and Instagramming uh, in the last few hours about the Wagatha Christie affair. Do you know the Wagatha yes. Christie affair, yeah? You do indeed. Uh, Colleen Rooney, uh, Rebecca Vardy, and now Danielle Lloyd has weighed into this. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't it, know Danielle Lloyd It's only happened come in, in the last hour. The last right. hour. She's in there as well. There's now three of them involved. Brilliant. I know, I just, when I saw that yesterday, I was reading Colleen Rooney's tweet. I thought, okay, right, someone's been selling stories about the sun. She's trying to get to the bottom of it. Never thought she was going to name the person. And then she has that final last line. It's dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account. Like, that is incredible. It would put all of us fiction writers to shame. That is how you write a conclusion. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. I hope she's getting a book deal now for a series of crime novels. That's what I thought when I read it. I love the what you said. This lady said that the Irish government are actually brilliant because they announced the budget (laughs) on the day the Colleen spat was really taking legs. What budget? Exactly. No one it would get. No one it would get buried. And actually, someone then when I tweeted that, which obviously was a joke, but turned out to be true because someone responded with a list of the top read stories on RTE, and uh, the Colleen Rooney one was above the budget <laughs> one. So I mean, it was working. They were managing to get the attention off them and onto the wags. So you think Leo's preoccupied with Brexit? I'll tell you, he is as I am. There, he's he knows he knows how to do PR. He knows, he knows what he's at. He yeah. certainly does. Look, the baby has arrived and of course a huge change in your life, but I was reading about you, an avid cyclist, you say yeah. you are, you read a lot, you're an eater of sweets, mm. lover of radio, but here's the thing caught my attention. You'd love to do Mastermind. Yeah, well, Is that right? Yeah. I think I love asking people when I meet them for the first time, or maybe not the first time, but an early time, what would your Mastermind subject be? It's really interesting. What would yours be, Jerry? Have you got one? Um... I'm, I'm, I'm an, an angler, right? I, I right. think I'd take uh, freshwater angling as my subject. Okay, all right. I no, can't that's a big, big topic. Yeah, okay, well, I don't know anything about that. I can't even come up with a test question. No, no so. I just want you to take it easy there because I want you to listen to this. Have a listen to this. Edna Shortall. Just take yourself away from here for a moment. You're oh in God. the hot seat. Okay, this is this, this is was not mastermind on late lunch this afternoon, and let me tell you that your specialised subject today is Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Are you ready? 
Oh, I want a time to prepare. Okay, right. Let's give it a go. Dawson's Creek. She's in the black chair. I am Magnus. Well, there's a new presenter, of course, now. Uh, And here we go. A few short questions. Let's see what you know. Your time starts now. Question one. In what year did Dawson's Creek first air? Oh, God. Um, 1990... Uh, eight. <laughs> hey, come on, you. you. Next question. Sorry, the time is rattling along here. In what fictional town was the series set? Oh, um, uh, oh my God. Look, I just had a baby. My memory is absolutely terrible. It was filmed in Wilmington in North Carolina. Batman, he wears this. Uh, he oh, we- um, Cape, um, Cape and this is your, the, the what of your body. Cape. I think I'm doing charades in no, here. No, not I, mastermind. Oh my god, I can't even remember. Cape. I can't remember. What's this? Uh, this is he's, the. He's pointing down cape, his chest cape. here. No, no. This. This is cape, the something on my side? body. Yes. Cape side. Oh my god. Oh my this is terrible. God. You meant you usually get a week to prepare for mastermind. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. There's more. Question number god, three. No. Who played Dawson Leary? Okay, James Vanderbeek. Right. Okay. Three. You got three with a little help uh, from your yeah, friends. A little help. Question number four in Mastermind and Late Lunch this afternoon. Who wrote and sang the theme song I Don't Want to Wait? I don't want to wait for the law to be over. Um, uh, Carly. No. Yeah. You can say pass if you want. Okay, I'm passing. Okay, you'll pass and that one. I'll give you the answer at the end. And your final question, Mastermind, this afternoon is how many episodes were made oh. of Dawson's Creek? Oh, come on. I haven't got a clue. Can I even get it to the nearest? <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Like... Okay, you can pick one of these. Was okay. it 127, 128 or 129 episodes? A 127. No, eight, eight, uh, You changed your mind. Can I give it to her? Hold on, I'll ask the adjudicator. Can I give it to her? Yes, you know, you they love you here in LMFM. <laughs> They've given it to you. You God. passed. Beep, 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 beep. Your time is up. You passed on one question this afternoon. Who wrote and sang the theme song, I Don't Want to Wait? It was... Paula Cole. Oh, yeah. Well done. And I used to have the soundtrack. This is terrible. Anyway, <laughs> you have a new segment for your show now, Mastermind, <laughs> with your guests. Congratulations, Edna Shorthall. Oh, Four points. You. We won't do the general knowledge. We leave that for another okay. time, if that's okay. You did well. God, stop. My memory is shot. I had my book launch last night and uh, friends and family came and there were a couple of people who I know well and I couldn't remember their names. So I had no hope at a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say to you, mammy brain. I know, I know. Sleep deprivation, it takes its toll. Oh my God, does it take its toll. So here's the thing before we finish up. One, two, three, and your kite is flying high. What's next? Well, What's immediately next is self-imposed maternity leave. So once I'm finished doing publicity for this book, um, which it will be next week, I will be going back to being in my pyjamas with the baby and I will be taking it easy until February and then I'm starting the fourth book in February. So, And then this third one, thir- uh, Three Little Truths, is coming out in the States and Germany so I'll be doing publicity for that. That's it. Well, uh, we'll be holding on to your book. I normally give it away but I want to hold it for Book Club if you don't mind. Margaret Madden, you yeah, know her yeah, well yeah, this yeah, month yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to hold on to it for that because we're going to be having a little bit of chat with Margaret about it as well then. Uh, wish you well with the 
writing and Thank you. good luck with the new arrival to the house as well and next time you're back what was the other subject I no, spotted uh, Dawson's uh, Creek you uh, wanted the, the life and times of Lucia Joyce Lucia Joyce James Joyce's daughter I'm very interested in her Irish okay. art and 1980s teen movies 1980s teen movies that would actually be my best category okay, so we'll do that time, next time next time we're going to do that Edna Shortall okay thank, thank you, you very much thank you for joining me on Late Lunch remember the SS Dundalk we uh, introduced the story here in late lunch a couple of years back and it's been fabulous following it along now the final chapter happens this coming Sunday the commemoration committee are presenting a cheque to the RNLI this Sunday the 13th of October at half past 12 at the memorial on the Navy Bank in Dundalk and it's the proceeds of the book The Sinking of the SS Dundalk which was brilliantly produced by Marie Agnew and Alan Boggan and uh, this is in conjunction with the Ornelli, uh, the Clarehead, the new lifeboat there, the Michael O'Brien and uh, congratulations and well done to all concerned. Half 12, the Navi Bank at the Memorial this Sunday. Did you wear them jeans? Did you wear those jeans on purpose today? No, I didn't. I didn't at all. I just wore them to annoy my daughter actually. <laughs> Why? Because my daughter said to me, Mammy, and she's only eight, Please, will you just be like the other mothers and wear uh, leggings and skinny jeans? <laughs> I says, I'm way ahead of myself. These jeans are making a comeback. <laughs> and they're not even the flares, flares. They're only kind of boot cut. You see, you're a rebel at heart as well. No, I just can't get into shops to buy new clothes. As <laughs> all my kids start crying. I never saw you as happy when the two boys were here. The legs were going up in the air. I in the know, studio. I put my hip up. Put I my think hip her up. hips out of place after all this. <laughs> anyway, she was in with the lads. We got the photos taken. She's shown them the jeans. You know what, Louise? They're right. You're a trendsetter. You are. You never, you never believed that before, did you? The bigger flares are in the wardrobe, Jerry. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. And they're like a fine wine. I turn them once a day in the hangar. <laughs> you could sleep on the jeans like that. You know what? There'd be a mini tent that were that white. Did you ever see the width of some of them years ago? Well, you know, ah. they were good enough for Charlie's Angels. <laughs> They're good enough for a lot of crusties as well. You know, <laughs> they love them. <laughs> You're right, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, the girls in Charlie's Angels. Farah Fassett. Do you remember her? Was she the blondie one or the... Jacqueline somebody as well. I'm trying to think of she the names. She was Kelly. Was she, yeah. Oh, they were really, they were hot stuff in the day, weren't they? In their flares as well. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, have that. <laughs> Good on you. That brings back memories. So does, were they called bell bottoms as well? Is that a term that was I used? I don't know, are they different? Do you mean bell bottoms? Yeah. Are bell bottoms different to flares? Are bell bottoms kind of re- really us. wide all the Help way down? Us. I don't know. Mike! Are you listening, Paul? If you're out there somewhere, are bell bottoms the same as flowers? Listeners, can you help us on this? We're a little bit confused There's in the fashion used to call, stakes. Call me clown trousers. Oh. <laughs> 086-1800-658-1857-15958. Let us know if you can just sort that out. We'll sort it out by tomorrow anyway, but if you can't today, it would be great. Now, getting serious for a moment, I we all age. It's inevitable. We're all getting older. That's a, a fact Speak of yourself. <laughs> have, you, have you booked the trend or something, have you? No, I am trying, though. That's why I'm... Kind of yeah, with them trousers. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Anyway, we are all ageing. It is a fact. So up next on the show, we're going to discuss the link between positive ageing and where we live. Did you know this, that how well or poorly we age is directly linked with the place where we live? Bernard MacDonald is a researcher who did his PhD in Galway based on ageing and place and he's with me on late lunch this afternoon. Bernard, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today. Um, So this is 
proven or there are stats out there that you can access that says if you live in certain places, the likelihood is your life will be shorter or you encounter more difficulties as we age. Is that what, what it says? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's research there that definitely would show the impact on your health can be significant depending on where you age. But it's, it's not just on your health, it's on your quality of life. It's on the experience you have of ageing itself. And uh, it's not particularly like it, it differs from one person to another. And even two people in the same place can experience that place very differently. So it, it is about geography, but it's also about our personal experience of the place we live in. That's important. And the links, obviously, you've established within that neighbourhood and community outside of yourself personally and your home. Is that what you're getting at there? Some people have better links, let's say, in terms of uh, neighbours and companionship and things like that to social circles to getting away with good transport links all those type of things is that what you're yep, talking about? Absolutely I mean uh, there, there's a, a wealth of research uh, that sort of looks on the one hand at the capacity of an individual if you like your, your capacity Jerry, or my capacity and that includes uh, health is a very important resource all of us have but it also is about our social capacity you know the networks we have our economic uh, the, the, the economic and, you know, the wealth that, if you like, we have at our disposal. On the one hand, uh, so each individual, that can differ for each individual. And on the other, there's the environment. And uh, if you like, the environment we all live in, it's a complex thing. It's not just the physical environment. It is the social environment. Mm. It's the economic environment. So the mix between those two... Uh, really determines how well we age. So if I'm a person with a lot less capacity, you know, as, we, as, as I've outlined it there than you have, and the two of us live in the same place, I'm going to have uh, a quality of life that's inferior to yours. Mm. Whereas if both of us are we're, have the same capacity but living in a different environment, we might have a different experience of ageing. So it's how those two sets interplay for each individual that determines and influences how we age. Our circumstances are probably cast as we get later into life. You know, we have what we have. We're winding down in terms of work. We depend on maybe our pension and uh, state help as well. So that can differ and there's not a lot we can do about that. Our, our health certainly, you know what I mean? And some people are dogged with poor health and unfortunately they, they carry it through life with them. But we can't, health is a thing you can work on. Oh no, absolutely. And I mean, part, I know we'll talk about this course in a minute, yeah. Jerry. But the course is, if you like, one of the basic assumptions of the course is that I, can, I do have control over uh, some of these issues, but both lifestyle, if you like, as you've mentioned, but also uh, th- there's opportunities to change the environment. Like the way in which we age, going back to those things, the environment and ourselves, uh, you can either change yourself and your lifestyle and the decisions you make, or you can adapt your environment. Both of those are going to influence. And if you, you do age. both simultaneously, yeah, uh, simultaneously, so that's the the dream ticket, yeah, then, isn't no, it? No, absolutely. And and part of the course is looking at. Uh, both of those, uh, if you like, issues at a personal level, that uh, lifestyle issues, whether it be all of the ones that we know, you know, that are frequently uh, spoken about, whether it be diet, whether it be exercise and so on, that we can sort of make, now it may not always, it's not as easy for everybody to do it. And some of these things are difficult to do to change behaviour. But we can, we, can, uh, we can do that. And the course will look at maybe the things that are helping or things that are hindering you doing that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also uh, the, the 
whole environment and community aspect of it. And uh, we're very fortunate here in, in living in Louth and in Meath, actually, that we have what's called the Age-Friendly County Programme. You've probably had people in to yes. talk about that before. And that's really working on the environment, uh, all of the issues out in the community that can be adapted and changed and improved to help uh, older people. Well, this is good news because here am I thinking people are listening today and they're uh, just scratching their heads and saying, you know what, we shift out of here, you know, we'll physically move, which again is not an option for a lot of people. You know, if I'm in an area where I'm disenfranchised or it's not good, but taking that that is not really practical and talking about the environment and the policies of of the councils as well, this is about improving the environment. And give me a couple of examples of things that can be improved in a community. Well, there, like there, there are some very, very basic things, uh, but very important things. If you, uh, it's something that uh, you wouldn't always be conscious of. But the actual quality, for example, of footpaths. Uh, if, you, if you're an older person with any type of a mobility problem, if, if you're living in a neighbourhood where there, your footpaths are in bad condition, where, uh, you know, the, the tree roots are coming up through footpaths, where, that immediately restricts your ability to be involved, engaged in the community. So something basically like that makes a big difference. We know for, for older people that things like graffiti or derelict buildings, or the general standard of the physical environment. That impinges on how they uh, perceive their environment and how safe they perceive it to be. So again, if all of that isn't sort of looked after and maintained properly, it can mean that people aren't out and about as much as they could be in in a more favourable environment. So they're just two simple examples of physical environment. But likewise with the social environment, uh, if you have, for example, uh, I live here in Drogheda and again, we're very fortunate. Uh, Last week was National Positive Ageing Week and I attended uh, a seminar I think it was on Wednesday morning, up in in the community centre. And you had a whole range of organisations that are based here in Drada that are there for older people. Everything from the men's shed, it's not only for older people, but a lot of older men attend there. And I was up there last week. And that's a place, that's a social uh, resource that's in the community in Drada that isn't everywhere. Uh, you have the Drada and District Support for Older People who provide a whole uh, range of services that can help you uh, live a better quality of life living in your own community. Everything from a telephone service to advice about making sure you know how to use uh, um, smart telephone, you know, smart telephones, yes. uh, PCs, and so all the things that help you be engaged and and stay uh, part of your community. So uh, all of those things are there, and it's important that we... Sometimes people aren't aware of the fact they're there. Sometimes it is an information gap. And part of what the course will do, one of the sessions is looking at, well, what resources are there local to the course and the people who are on the course that are there as supports to uh, uh, promote uh, positive and active ageing? You've mentioned the course several times. Let's get to it. Aging and Place, it's called. And it's starting next Tuesday, the 15th of October. And it runs from 10am to 12.30 in the mornings, right? And it's happening at the Holy Family Community Centre in Ballsgrove in Drogheda, a well-known place. Is it just for the Drogheda area or, or are you saying it's beyond that? 
Uh, well, I mean, Drada, it depends how we define beyond it, Joe. Yes. But obviously, like, I'm thinking of the Drada area in terms of people getting to the course. Okay. But if people are beyond East the Drada. Meath, yes, oh yeah, South no, Loud, yeah, that yeah. type of thing. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, all welcome yeah, yeah. to come along. Because part of what we'll do when we, when, we, when we do map resources that are available, we'll build that mapping around who is there and where they've come from. So the course is adaptable in that sense. Uh, you know that 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 would be part of the mapping of it, but the, as you say, the the course uh, runs every Tuesday. It's going to run for an eight week uh, period, um, in in Ballsgrove, which has has very kindly offered the uh, facilities to me. Uh, it's really based on the research that I have done uh, in Galway over the last eight years. Yeah, and the course uh, it, it runs through a whole series of uh, reviews if you like of what likes about but but maybe not to make it too serious it uh, like it's an opportunity to relax it's an opportunity to meet other people possibly to make friends and uh, to reflect really on where you're at in your own life in regards to your relationship with the place you live in and raise issues if there are issues concerning in here you can bring these to the fore during this time as well? Oh no, absolutely and uh, I mean the, the core, the, some of the earlier uh, sessions are going to start with the home itself and our, uh, how our homes are and uh, how they facilitate and support us as we age. It'll then move on out to the community itself and I've mentioned some of the uh, aspects of the community that we look at and we'll also look at uh, so you, you've mentioned yourself Jerry. I didn't mention but you mentioned some of the bigger things that actually affect our quality of life, everything from the budget that happened yesterday. You know, there are some things that where decisions are made elsewhere but do impinge upon us. And sometimes uh, older people have been very good at being active in trying to uh, be advocates for uh, maybe more vu- vulnerable and marginalised older people. So we'll also look at that whole area and definitely part of the course will bring in uh, loud age-friendly uh, county, the programme, and the people who've been involved in that. Uh, Dundalk, uh, because it was one of the pilot sites for the original WHO, World Health Organisation, yeah. age-friendly community programme, uh, is, is really to the forefront in this uh, countrywide. And there's a huge amount of work being done there a huge involvement of older people in the programme and we'll be bringing all of that and the local supports that are available in the Drawed area in as part of the course. So how do people register for this course? Because you need to register. This is the important thing. Uh, you do, because uh, in terms of planning, uh, yes. everything from refreshments to mm. just set up, uh, you register by contacting me and uh, my mobile is 87 07. That's 87 Or you can email me at bernard.mcdonald, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, at hotmail.com. And those details are available off the well-known number here. You can call in, take uh, Bridge will have them there, uh, 1857 55 or over, starts next Tuesday. It's six-year session of 45 for the whole course. That covers the eight weeks of the course, so you can take your pick there, whatever you want to do. Uh, Bernard, I wish you well with it, because it's uh, something that is needed and uh, will benefit, I'm sure, an awful lot of people today, tomorrow and into the future. Thank you for joining me on Late Lunch. Thank you very much. Not at all. That's a lot on the show for this Thursday afternoon. Have a nice evening and do come back and join us for the final Late Lunch of the Week tomorrow at 1.30. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.